right, everybody. Welcome in. Not just me this time. You have a reprieve from listening to me talk for 45 minutes to an hour. I have the most requested, the most respected, the biggest bump that I get in listeners' ratings and um, also outrage. Some outrage, I would say, from some takes comes whenever I have the man, the myth, the legend, Josh Hermsmeyer on the pod. Josh, thank you for joining me. I'm back with my gamer headphones, everyone. So, yeah. but this time I'm I'm looking straight at the camera. I'm gonna look you directly in the eye when I give you my hot takes. That's good. That's good because I felt like that was a little bit of a power move that you were pulling on <laughs> me before, where you're just looking off in the distance and dismissing dismissing my blasphemous takes while firing off your own. Yeah, I'd say that yours got a little bit of a bigger reaction. One of the biggest reactions you got in the pod that we did was, I believe, your last blasphemous take which was how often teams should be looking to not move on from their quarterback necessarily, but potentially upgrade, take shots at additional guys. And some of the names that you threw in there, you, you hemmed and hawed a little bit about whether someone like Joe Burrow would fit into that conversation. People kind of lost their minds a little bit on that, on that point in time. So in this episode, we're going to talk quarterbacks again. So I have to ask, did you actually prepare what your quarterback rankings are, or is it going to be rankings one, two, and three, and then everyone else, who cares? We're just going to go draft another guy. No, I, I put some thought into this. Now, this is all vibes. So, <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's informed by data, but this is vibes. This is not uh, a model spit this out, and then I you know, deftly rearranged a couple that might make me look bad. This is not what happened here. This is literally me looking at this going, would I really put this guy ahead of this guy? What rankers do, right? You know, does that make sense based on what I know or the latest news? Would that make me look bad and make me look like I haven't read the latest news? I, th I think that's a lot of what drives these rankings. Uh, and particularly, we'll get into it. The Sando poll, I think, is recency bias in the extreme. But you will be interested to hear why I have Joe Burrow after my take. And I'd be happy to talk about why I still would be investing in quarterbacks, even when you think you're, you're greater than 50% that you have your guy. Okay, okay. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll, we'll get into all of that stuff. Now, many people who may be tuning in, they're getting that dopamine rush today from training camp. Everything that's going on here. I made a joke saying that Traylon Burks, even though we don't have the, the video, if we had the video, oh my God, it would be really skyrocketing. But he's gone from, you know, bust, first round bust, can't even finish mini rookie mini camp to catching a couple of passes today. And now he's offensive rookie of the year, you know, lock, lock it up, go ahead, cash your tickets on that. What, what do you have any advice here for anyone digesting this fire hose of NFL news that we're bathing in? We're loving it, especially when it confirms our priors. But how should we be taking this in right now? I think the most important thing to look at right now is injury related news. If guys are practicing that uh, are coming back from injury or are on pup uh, pup news regarding whether or not they're the pup is looking like it might stay until week one, which means you know, they're not going to be playing for a while. That kind of stuff, I think, is actual signal. The rest of it is just, hey, look, we got we got our favorite players suiting up again, running against air. It's exciting. Enjoy it for what it is. How about running with the ones? That's one of my that's running with the ones or running with the twos. How are you taking that? So Sam Darnold took the first snap. <laughs> I guess I saw some Wandale Robinson, second round rookie running with the ones. He was running the ones today. So are we are we in on 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 guys like that now? Yeah, no, I mean, again, that, that's mostly noise. Like I said, Sam Darnold took the first snap. There's, there's just a lot of 
there's a lot of politicking that goes into this at the very beginning of camp. And uh, gosh, a lot of these guys just got done. If they're a Raven, for instance, they just got done with a 900 yard death march um, and their legs are probably completely destroyed. So I don't know if you saw Richard Sherman, formerly of PFF uh, on his radio show, he was saying, you know, yeah, let's let's run all the players until their legs are dead and then have them go 100 percent for two weeks. That's science for you. And I thought, you know, like if, if a if I was a coach and a player came to me with that kind of complaint, I, I would be hard pressed to kind of I mean, I would be hard pressed to counter it. That's 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 a pretty that's a pretty accurate claim. I, I don't think you want uh, to make any too, too big of conclusions about these guys route running ability after they've just been through some uh, uh, conditioning tests. No, no, I would definitely agree. Um, we shall see what what transpires, but I'm sure by the time Monday rolls around, I'll have more than enough grist to 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 sort through, and you'll see fantasy football ADPs flying up and down based upon this information. So we'll we'll, we'll try to parse all that as we get to it. But for today, we're going to talk quarterback rankings. You mentioned briefly the Mike Sando piece that came out in the Athletics. So he has a piece which he started at ESPN. ESPN kind of continue that on after after he left but he started there and has more detail and now this piece he's doing the athletic where he's talking to 50 different uh insiders you could say within the nfl these are these are pretty legit people because if you look at the things here it says six general managers eight head coaches as part of this 50 10 evaluators 12 coordinators six quarterback coaches, seven executives whose specialties include analytics, game management, and the salary cap. And then the remaining four members were from one team's personnel department. And of course, he finds the most inflammatory quotes possible to to put out as part of this, mostly ones that are saying something bad about a particular quarterback. I mean, for instance, uh, Rogers was number one in this. Mahomes was number two because one of the 50 people said he was not a tier one quarterback. So then they got the one quote from that one person out of 50. They put it in there and the Chiefs fans could absolutely just blow their mind when someone's saying that Patrick Mahomes doesn't know how to read defenses or whatever the, the quote, the quote says in there. Did you have a chance to digest that piece? I did. I did. I, I always enjoy those and uh, money, money, QB, just because, uh, Sando and and all the rest are so well connected that you are getting a, a pretty good, I wouldn't say it's a representative sample of the thought inside the NFL, but dirt, you're certainly seeing that every opinion is held in every building across the league. And, um, you know, some people think Pat Mahomes is not a, a top tier quarterback. And uh, some people think Tom Brady can't win against, uh, what is it? Can't win against zone or man, I have something like that. Yeah. Tom Brady can't win against some coverage at this point in his career. There's the Lamar Jackson quote, of course, of a defensive coordinator. Uh, I like everyone's just like, oh, that's that's Jack Del Rio or something. Now Del Rio's the, the the bad guy. A defensive coordinator saying that even if he won 12 MVPs, he still wouldn't consider him a tier one quarterback. I mean, I want to cut it maybe a little bit lower than that. You know, like Peyton Manning has the NFL record five MVPs, so maybe like three or four, 12. I think he would capitulate. I think he's lying. I think he's lying. I think he could capitulate if he got 12 MVPs. I was debating with someone. They said, well, w- what did uh, the people say about Lamar that wasn't reasonable? And I was like, well, 12 MVPs at the QB, not a QB one. Like, that's crazy to me. And he's like, and, and I thought, well, wow, if people have been steel manning my hot takes in this way. <laughs> I, my life would have been so much simpler. Like, you know, running backs don't matter. Defense doesn't matter for fantasy. Like th- these takes would have been just digested so much easier if if there was someone just you know pounding the table well you have to understand josh's context what he really means when he says these things so yeah yeah you you get these guys anonymous you get 50 of them 
who knows what these guys are doing. Maybe they're calling them up at happy hour or something in their last couple of days before they're going back to training camp. And they're, they're getting some fire takes, no doubt about it, getting some fire, fire takes out there. So your rankings are going to be your rankings. As you mentioned, there's some, you know, your analytical mind, not necessarily analytical model, vibes, other stuff going into it. We have the athletics rankings, uh, which I'll reference as we're going through this by what these coaches and execs are saying. And then my rankings, I am going to go machine here. So I have a model where I bring together every single snap from a quarterback over time. It's this Bayesian updating model where it takes their play-by-play grade and their play-by-play expected points added. And then based upon an expectation, they start off at a certain draft position with a certain expectation. It updates for every single one. So the longer track record you have, the more confident it is. Um, the shorter you're, the less confident you are. But at the same point in time, if it's a shorter track record, then there is more uncertainty. So mine is going to be a projection for like the best guess projection for what they would do right now going into 2022. So some of the rookies and some others maybe a little bit lower than how other people would have them because they're hoping, you know, for some upside or things like that. That's not really going to be built into mine that much, but it will be interesting to see how that contrasts with yours because outside of Mac Jones, the rookies stunk last year. So the model does not look upon them very favorably. And I don't think it's a bad best guess. It doesn't incorporate the upside, but I do think we have seen throughout history rookies who aren't successful generally don't go on to be successful. Now, it doesn't mean that's the case always, but it means there is some correlation there, and that will be reflected in my rankings. I think that's fair, and uh, I am a little more patient with uh, with rookie quarterbacks in their second year because uh, I think even your model will support this, or even most models will support the idea that the second year is is about when you have enough to start making forming some solid opinions about a quarterback. And uh, so, like, Tua Tagliovia is, is, is a good example right now. Like, we, we should probably have a pretty good idea of who he is. Um, and yet we kind of don't, and we're kind of, we're kind of swimming around in, in a lot of what ifs with him. I mean, he might be the most accurate QB in the league. I don't know, you know, according to, according to Rekill. So uh, I, I am interested to see where your model places things, but I think you'll be surprised that uh, I, I'm fairly low on uh, the second year QBs as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think what you end up finding, and, and this makes sense is that quarterbacks who are good as rookies, that really helps their projection going forward. You don't normally find guys who are really, really good as rookies. And then they just fall off a cliff thereafter. If you're not good, you know, it hurts your chances because you're kind of taking a lot of successful quarterbacks out of the sample. You're taking, you know, just in recent years, you're taking Justin Herbert, Dak Prescott, uh, Russell Wilson. You're taking all these guys out of this, Matt Ryan, guys like that who have really good rookie years. So those are going out of the sample. So the guys you have left are generally not successful, but some of them are two years. It really gets narrow. Now we're talking like Josh Allen and quarterbacks who played decades ago after three years, which will be your Daniel Joneses maybe of the world that we're talking about here. It's almost non-existent until we're going back again, decades in the past to someone like Terry Bradshaw, maybe, or someone else who emerged after, after a few seasons, which you really, really don't, don't see that anymore. So that'll all be built in to what I'm putting up here. And we will, display some of the grades I'll, i mean some of our rankings i'll go back and forth as as we are talking about this all right are you ready and i'm going to give you the first pick here so we'll go back and forth picking but then i'll label where our rankings are as as we're going through this exercise so i i will hand it over to you because unlike most years at least according to these polls that we've seen espn and now the athletic it is not a default go ahead write in pen 
uh, bolded that Patrick Mahomes is the number one quarterback in the NFL because both of these, although by slight amounts, had Aaron Rodgers coming off of back-to-back MVP years as being the number one quarterback. Mr. Hermsmeyer, do you or do you not agree with that assessment? No, I, I, it's still Mahomes and Penn for me. And uh, I think he was fifth last year in QBR. I believe he was still top five for you guys in PFF grade, if I'm not mistaken. No, he was actually uh, quite low. I mean, he was, really? um, I think it was 11th or 12th in PFF oh, wow. grade. So his grading went way down. His efficiency was still pretty good. He was still top three or something like that, I think, behind Stafford and Rodgers in the regular season for his efficiency. But his grading was out, out of the top 10 for the first time. That's amazing. One yeah. of the one of the amazing things about Mahomes before last year is he had one, I believe, one bad game. And if you define a bad game as a game below average yeah. and and that's just incredible consistency right out the jump. And I think that there's a lot of folks right now who are looking at the change in his surrounding weapons and this past year where he actually looked somewhat human and really kind of knocking him down a notch. And And I think that that's a that's folly. That's recency bias of the, of, of the worst kind. His track record speaks for itself. He's a generational talent in the most uh, sincere way. And uh, he's always going to be my QB one until he's, I don't know, 33. Yeah. 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 I, I think that's the case. According to my model, he is also QB one. He's not. Okay. So I have two different components. Again, the grading and the expected points added. According, according to grading now, and I'm trying to downweight years especially anything that's more than five years old but it also decays over time so you'll see this with josh allen and others that he's going to get more credit for the more recent seasons but for mahomes his his grading now because it's been slipping the last couple of years he actually doesn't have the highest grade projection for this season it's it's really a tie between brady and aaron Rodgers for for this season but he's he's like head and shoulders and maybe torso above everyone when it comes to his expected points added in that efficiency metric, which puts him at number one, according, according to the model. Okay. So I'll go here with uh, the, the, the cold blooded model machine, what it has to say here for number two. And it agrees with a lot of these executives in the high assessment of Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers ends up coming in second. Uh, I'll, I'll reveal who he's slightly above as part of this, but it is, it is a bunching after a bit of a drop, from Mahomes with Rodgers and some others, but he does come in second. Does that match where you have him? It does, in fact. Uh, and, and this may have been influenced by the fact that he came to camp dressed as Nick Cage. I mean, that was that was pretty solid. I'm, I, I, I have lots of I have lots of reasons to like be biased against Aaron Rodgers, but that that was uh, pretty stunning. And uh, I thought it was a, a pretty solid move on his part. And for that reason, he's QB2 for me. Yeah, it's what it, you, you kind of gotten, depending upon your, you know, political persuasion and everything else, the good, maybe a little bit more and good and bad from Rogers where he really was this black box. He didn't reveal a whole lot. Now he's got, you know, he's got, he's Joe Rogan in it up a COVID takes. He's, he's, he's doing, you know, these, these videos, he's letting you in a little bit more to, to who he is, which again, like I said, maybe there's some good there. Maybe there's some bad there, depending on your, your, your perspective. Okay. So we have Mahomes and Rodgers. We're perfectly in alignment here. We're perfectly in agreement. The uh, flipped, flipped somewhat from, from these athletic rankings. But again, there was only one out of 50 rankers who differed, uh, not putting Mahomes as a tier one quarterback. Their number three was Tom Brady. And again, this is an exercise where we're taking a short window of time. Brady's probably, I think this is going to be his last season. We'll see, we'll see what it is or not. Um, do you agree that Tom Brady is 
third on your list? I feel like a coward, but I do. He's the best quarterback of all time and having him third almost seems like a disservice to his resume. Um, but he is, he, he's pushing it uh, in age. He's pushing it in, in just how much ability you can squeeze out of a body. That's, you know, working to the mid forties, like, like mine is, believe me, I know it uh, at 45. It's just a lot different doing things than it was in, in even your mid thirties. So I, I I'm, I'm intrigued to see what he can do with his weapons this year with gauge. And I guess now uh, Julio Jones, let's see, uh, let's see if Julio has anything at all left in him. Uh, we'll know for sure at the end of the year with uh, the goat Tom Brady. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. This is the first, maybe a little bit shocker here and I'll explain why, but the, the cold blooded uh, model here has decided that, by the slightest of margins, it is not Tom Brady who comes in third for his projection this season. And in fact, it is Justin Herbert who comes in third here. And before, you know, riots, before the riots begin, let me explain a little bit something here. Again, it's downweighting seasons in particular beyond the last five years. So beyond 2017. So from the expected points added basis, I think. Brady's was sixth in his expected points added ranking last year. He was second in grading, depending upon which games you're including. He was first, I think, in the regular season. But when you included the playoffs, Joe Burrow went to first. So he was a little bit lower than you might think at six. And then in 2020, he was seventh in expected points added. And then you have 2019, which feeds into this. I know maybe it's ancient history in some people's minds. But that last year with the Patriots, he was 19th. 2018, he was he was ninth, and then 2017, he was fourth. So he's never been like high, high end on this here. So that holds him down a little bit versus Herbert. And for Herbert, we have last season, he was a little bit lower in the grading, a little bit higher in his ranking. And he also got a big boost by the fact that I discount, I have like a, a lower threshold, a lower bar for rookie seasons. So although his rookie season wasn't great with eighth in his EPA ranking, it views that as a really, really high-end season because of, of looking at rookies. So this is a little bit different here. What, what do you think about Herbert being here? Is this is this a total shock to you, or can it make any sense? Well, I mean, being high on Herbert is not – I don't have any problem with that. Uh, I guess the problem is the rankings and who he's above. Like, I, again, I've already made my case for Brady. I would also – my number four guy is Josh Allen, who's a guy – who's kind of like Justin Herbert in a lot of ways. He's probably got more athleticism with his legs and he's done it back-to-back seasons with pretty elite play. Um, last last year though, I, what I will say to your point, uh, Justin Herbert did have a higher QBR than Josh Allen. So there are, there are metrics that will support having Herbert above Allen. Um, but uh, I think the Bills were probably the best team in the league last year. And it's a shame they weren't able to, to close it out and win. And, uh, and, and so for that reason, I like Josh Allen above, uh, above Justin Herbert. Yeah. Yeah. Now. Um, okay. So spoiler alert here, I guess we're, we're, we're moving, we're moving into some, some other stuff here. So I do have Allen next after Brady. I'm so, so Brady was going to be fourth and then Allen, Allen would have been next on my list. So here's the question when it comes to Herbert versus Allen, number one, when I'm looking at this model that, that that's coming in, it doesn't just say ignore 2018 and 2019 for Josh Allen. Let's just let's let's forget that those even happened, which I think is perhaps it's a fair way after two years of better history of doing that. But again, if you're going to look at what happened in 2018 and 2019, 
he was no better than 23rd in his ranking for either grading or expected points added in either one of those two seasons. The last two seasons, he's been third and seventh in grading, eighth and fourth in expected points added. But still, you know, eighth in expected points added last year. I know the playoffs were really great. He had some down moments during during the regular season. So the question is, like, what's better? One elite season for Herbert, one really, really good rookie season. That's your sample. Josh Allen, two poor seasons, two elite seasons. Which one do you value more? And I think that's really the, the case against either of them. And I could probably go either way on this, but the the numbers, at least as, as I put them together, lean towards Herbert. Yeah, I, again, I, I don't think it's a terrible way of viewing their talent. Um, but I just think that in this case narrative and just like the ancillary kind of vibe around Josh Allen, the success of the team. Um, I, I think that has to win out in, in these close tiebreakers with models. So that's why I went with Allen, but after Allen, I have Herbert. So, okay. Okay. So let's go ahead and fill this in. So we have everyone, we have the same top five in different orders. Now I'll, I'll go ahead and go next here because I think Joe Burrow at number six is not who I have at number six. Now, who who the model does have at number six is again. This is this is cold blooded. This is a cold blooded assessment here. This is including everyone, including the people who were part of this uh, this range. And this is someone who the last time he played was a top five quarterback in both of these different categories and has been a good quarterback for the entire time he played. So according to again the the just the model, the model doing its model thing. Deshaun Watson ends up coming in six, according to these rankings at where, where he's at. Now, what is your opinion on Watson? Cause I never know when I'm looking at these things, let's try to put blinders on, although it's impossible to, to everything that's going on, on the outside. How much of these rankings, when people are saying he's ninth, as we saw here, and I think we saw at ESPN, how much of that do you think is like, he, he, he would be higher, but there's a discount in people's minds because of the off-field things? Or do you think ninth is a good ranking for him, even if it was an on-field type of question? Or should we just not be separating those two things when we're ranking them? Well, I, when I was asked to rank these, my understanding was this was for the upcoming season. And the best ability is availability. And there's a, a, a really, really large amount of uncertainty about whether he might even step on the field for a, uh, an actual game this year. So I don't right. have him in my top 25. Okay. All right. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll throw him out then throw, throw him out of the list. I guess that's a good point. Uh, depending upon how it's framed, if it's framed exactly for this season, yes. I just know that like, if you look at the go forward rankings for these guys, Hey, you know, his, his 2020 season was that good. Despite the fact that they went four and 12 as, as a team that season, that ends up getting brought up a lot, but his personal numbers were, were pretty solid as, as part of this. Okay. So I'll let you go ahead and tell me who is next on your list. Well, before I before I move on from Deshaun, just to talk about his talent, like, yeah, uh, yeah. like I wrote a piece maybe at the beginning, I think, of his last season before, he, you know, he got injured and then suspended and all the rest uh, coming into the season. He had comparable numbers to Mahomes. Like yeah. he was he was he was one B to Mahomes is one A in the league. So there's no questioning his talent. Uh, there's just none. It's uh, so that the. The problems with Deshaun are, are, are off the field. Well, but one other uh, thing I'll, I'll reiterate because I'll bring the numbers up here. So in 2017, he only kind of had like a half season. His grading actually wasn't that great, but he was really, really efficient. He was easily within the top 10 of his efficiency, but he didn't have enough. And if you look at the other three years, again, this is why he gets such a high ranking. 2018, he had the 12th best grade 
10th best in expected points added per play. 2019, he went up to 8th and 9th, and then 2020, 3rd and 5th. So, it, I mean, he's been pretty darn good. It's hard to find any other young quarterbacks who have, like, that three-year pretty outstanding sample. That's something that even Josh Allen doesn't have, right, is three years of doing it at that sort of level. Yep, very fair. So number six, uh, I have another young quarterback who also has wheels and uh, was ranked, I think, a little too low. I, I, I could defend top 10 for Lamar Jackson, but I, I believe he's just outside the top five um, when he's healthy. He's coming back this year. Uh, he's looking like a little swole boy this year, a little big boy. And uh, and I'm a little concerned what that's going to do for his elusiveness because that's such a big part of his game. Uh, whether it's scrambling or it's avoiding the rush in the pocket, he, he really needs to be able to have that extra step on the defenders and make him look silly. So I wonder what's going to happen there with the injuries and the dings and now the added weight. But it also could be the case that he came in the league and, and one of the big knocks on him was that he was too slight, right? He looked like a, a wide receiver. Well, now, now he looks a little bit more of the part. And so maybe that will help uh, on the margins. When it comes to the complaints about his passing ability i just don't understand in in the playoffs the year they lost to um uh, to tennessee it, it it was in large part just a complete implosion on the defensive side lamar made a couple mistakes i think he made one bad mistake and the other one was a deflection for an interception and the defense just olayed and allowed the other team to score but he put up 500 yards in a really good attempt at a comeback he had some fourth quarter comebacks last year before he was completely knocked out due to injury had the Ravens in a tie for first place I don't understand the hate um, on his arm and his legs are absolutely or were absolutely elite and I would love to see uh, I'm I'm interested to see how that's going to shake out this year with those uh, variables I just mentioned yeah, yeah. I guess for me, the, the guys who I have ranked above him, like again, we're, we're, I have to. I don't want the caveat Watson every single time we talk about him, but I like. I think quarterback wise, it's pretty clear that I would that I, for me at least Watson above Jackson. So when we're talking about seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, maybe even eleventh in some people's minds, as he didn't make the ESPN top ten, you know, I'm not sure if it's a huge deal. And I guess what I would say is, um, let me. Let me let me think here, because if we look at let, let, let me bring up something here. This is I think this is what you kind of have to be able to disp- display here. See if I can bring this up um, is that. Oh, I forget. I can't bring it up. But anyway, so if you look at his last two seasons, I think this is this is the key is he, how much he's fallen. He's fallen from his MVP season. He had a 90 offensive grade. He led the league in EPA per play. Then in. The next season, in 2020, his grade went down to about 80, and his expected points added per play was 0.1 versus almost 0.3 in that season. And then last season, I know there were injuries or other things going on. His grade actually fell to a below-average grade, and he had roughly the same type of efficiency numbers right there. Not a huge a huge difference there. So I guess that would be the key is how much are we discounting what happened these last two years? Cause I hear a lot of people saying, Oh, look at the highs, right? The highs that this guy has done. He was an MVP. How can you have him rated as being so low yet at the same time? What do we say about what's happened the last two seasons? What should we expect from him going forward? Yeah. I mean, I, I am uncertain as to what to expect. I think a lot is going to depend on how much um, the offensive coordinator in Baltimore can, try and adapt 
to what he's got on that field now. And, uh, and, and he doesn't have a history of adapting. So I think, I think what you saw was in 2019, the league didn't know what to do with Lamar. They didn't know what to do with the scheme. Um, and, and they caught up and Lamar needed to evolve. Uh, he needed to uh, force people to defend the, the, his arm. And I think he has shown he can do that. Um, but he also needs to maintain that threat of the run. And one of the things that I think, it, and this is a little in the weeds and I follow Baltimore pretty closely. So not many people care about this level of detail on, uh, on analysis, but I think that when they don't have guys that are running backs that can stretch to the outside, I think that hurts Lamar because he's actually super elusive when running up the middle and, uh, and he could just break down a defense and just crush it when, you have to respect the outside run game. And they had none of that last year. They just were absolutely decimated. And, um, and I think this year, depending on what happens, they have a couple guys that still might go on pup. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think happens. it's fair. And again, the, the model ends up having him at ninth. So not a big difference between some of the guys around him. But the, the concerns that people bring up, the lack of weapons, the offensive line falling apart last year, the defense having an off year for, for Baltimore, you know, they were, Depending upon how you look at it, it's probably a bottom half type of defense and in, in the efficiency they were giving up. All those different things. I agree with it. You know, again, the, the model has them at ninth, but whether it's seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh, it, it's all kind of in a pretty similar range for me. Okay, so I'll tell you who is number seven here for for my rankings, and that is Joe Burrow comes in at seven here. So he's a little bit lower. I think he was fifth in the ESPN ranking, sixth here. He's not too much lower here. Number one grade last year, but did not have the high in terms of expected points added. He was more like ninth or 10th in that category. So when comparing him to Justin Herbert in particular, it's just hard for him to match Herbert in these numbers because he's trailed him both seasons in both of those categories. He has the playoffs and the Super Bowl run, but that's not going to counteract the fact that Herbert's been ahead of him in these categories. So Burrow falls below, at least for me, the other young quarterbacks that people are, are raving about other than Lamar Jackson. I have Burrow at seventh as well. And uh, I think it, that his, his mental processing is absolutely elite. And, uh, and one of the things I was worried about from his rookie year on was that the coaching staff and the offensive coordinator were going to continue to make him to throw these intermediate out patterns that his arm just isn't built to do. He he's, has a deft touch on deep pass. He's a great deep passer. That's, that's not the case. It's not the case that his arm is bad that way, but he doesn't have enough zip to get some of those, you know, right hash, left sideline, deep uh, uh, intermediate out throws. Uh, and they were asking him to do it at the highest, one of the highest rates in the league in, in, in Cincinnati. They stopped that last year and they had amazing success. I'm not saying that these are causative, but I am saying that that is probably something that helped him. They were asking him, they tailored the offense around the things that he's good at rather than the ones that he's bad at. Yeah, yeah. They were lower volume last year, but the running game wasn't good. So it didn't necessarily put him in good positions. But you're, but yeah, they went to a lower volume scheme there. That also has a little bit of effect according to the model because the model builds up more confidence in performance the more reps you have and Herbert's just thrown a ton more. He's had a ton more dropbacks because he played his entire rookie season where Burrow got injured. And then he's at a higher volume this last season than Burrow had here. Okay, go ahead. Uh, give it to me. Who is your number eight quarterback here? Russell Wilson. Now Russell Wilson's coming off a, a terrible, terrible season. Um, but it's really hard to disentangle how much of that was, you know, just dysfunction in Seattle and uh, kind of an erosion of his skill set. 
He's going to have every opportunity, obviously, with a, a really nice passing core. Maybe not the best in the league, but definitely not something to sneeze at. Um, and, and and a pretty good uh, running game behind him and, and, and a great defense to help prop him up. I think that's a team that is going to go far, you know, even if Russ is just a little bit above average. But uh, that's why I have him about eighth. I think that's about right for Russ at this point in his career and given the situation. Yeah, you know, I think I would I would if I was doing my own – adjustments to it i'd probably put him at eighth but he actually ended up coming in 10th for the rankings here it, it kind of it really depends on how much you want to decay and downweight previous results for russ and really what we're talking about is in the expected points added category because in the grading he was sixth in 2020 in his grading and he was first in 2019 he did fall all the way to 16th in 2021 so that was really the big drop but prior to that it was pretty good but it's really in the in the efficiency and the expected points added where the sacks in particular come into play and the sacks do not hit him that much in the grading uh his great throws down the field get him a lot of points in our grading the process related stuff to the sacks do not hit him that much but if you look at his actual efficiency Expected points added 20th in 2021, 19th in 2020. And even when he was first in grading in 2019, he was still only 10th in that EPA number. So it's, it hasn't been since 2018 that he's been in the top 10 in that number. So for that reason, it weights him below guys like Lamar Jackson and the guy who's next on my list, where again, I'm downweighting a lot of these earlier years, where Stafford being number one in expected points added during the regular season continuing on through the playoffs. I keep those playoff games in there ends up boosting him to be this high. Whereas if you include his entire career, which I had done in the past to look in these rankings, he would be more in the teams ranking. But when you really focus in on, on the recent seasons, he had a high end season in 2019, a shortened season wasn't, wasn't so great in, you know, in, in 2020. And they had the huge breakout season last year in his efficiency. Yeah. Stafford. Um, Where we got him like 20, 24. No, no, I've got him 10th. And so just okay. above. That's not, I mean, that, that's, that's eminently reasonable. And just above him, I have Dak. And that this is hard to justify, especially after Stafford is coming off. And we're talking about vibes, right? So yeah. it's hard to justify with Stafford coming off, you know, his best season, um, a Super Bowl win. Um, I just, the reason why people were so excited about the Rams last year had, Less to do with the fact that Stafford was going to be in this system. It was the system and not golf, right? So now they had this guy who's actually a functional NFL passer in a great system with a great team surrounding him. And so there was all this hype about LA. And I, I, I don't know. I, I think he's a top 10 quarterback, but I, I think he's at the very edge of that, of that ranking. And that's why I put him 10th. Yeah, and, and I think that, that's fair. It's interesting that a lot of the sentiment, positive sentiment around Stafford was already built in last offseason before we even saw him in the system. If you looked at the ESPN rankings that they do, these executive coaching rankings, he was already sixth before last season. And then he's sixth now this season. So, I mean, there's some guys who emerged. So maybe relative to that, you could say that that is impressive that he was able to, to maintain such a high ranking. But a lot of it was already built in. And I don't know where you were, but, you know, I was on – nerd island uh nerd hill i guess nerd whatever dying as uh for the offseason take but then quickly flipping around here and saying you know what we got we have to recognize what happened he's got a couple of solid seasons now in the last few years i know that he was really just a compiler of stats the first 
you know, broad section of his career, uh, playing with some poor, poor teams and throwing the ball a lot, but that's kind of stepped up to the next level here now that he is in LA. Okay. So let's go next here for 11th on my rank is, well, I guess I should say where Dak is. So yeah. So, so, so Dak for me actually isn't even 11th. And this is again, well, I should say for the model more more than for me, because this is the one that's going to, that's going to set people, um, that's going to set people off is the fact that 11th. And again, this is just looking at the numbers we've seen over the last few years. Ryan Tannehill comes in at number 11 after putting up some outstanding seasons, mostly in the grading category. So we really got to blame the PFF graders here because whatever you think about Tannehill, he's, he was eighth in grade last year, fifth the year before, third the year before that. Now, those are his three years in Tennessee. He was third and fourth in EPA per play in 2019 and 2020, but he fell all the way to 16th last year, but it didn't hurt his grading that much. Now you go back to the dolphins. He was arguably the least efficient quarterback in the NFL his last season where he was hampered in playing with the dolphins, but the numbers, I mean, again, if we're just number bots here, he looks pretty good. And, it, and it's hard to deny that. What you think, Mr. Hermsmeyer? So I love how they, package the plays around Ryan Tannehill. They press every single easy button that they can for him. And I advocate for this for every quarterback. Don't just make the quarterbacks do the hard things, even if they can excel at them like Mahomes. Give him some easy buttons to press. He gets he gets more mashes of the easy button than any quarterback in the league. And so I think that's why the numbers like him so much. Vibes, I have him nah, 18th. 18th. Okay, so that is... Okay, so let me look here. So that is... One below where he was, according to his executive poll. So not that far off from where, from where, from who people think he is. Yeah, I think that's right. I think he's probably a little below average in terms of NFL. Yeah, I mean, he did hint to us. I think it's pretty easy for a quarterback you don't believe in that he hinted last season. Okay, you know, AJ Brown's gone. We're going to see what happens. This is a team where now I believe his cap hit is thirty-five million dollars this season. Because uh, they restructured to get his cap down in the past. So there's a lot of headwinds now going against them that were not there before, including the fact that NFL teams with this defensive philosophy and switch, you know, a, a lot of it is based on the idea of stopping some of the play action success. I had Sean Clement, who has done some uh, work with the Ravens and doesn't work with the Dolphins before on the podcast earlier this year. And that was one thing he said to look out for is more and more of that, of maybe the waning effectiveness of play action passing also and if that happens Tannehill could be in some trouble yep yep the linebackers seem to be biting just a little bit less or at least some of them uh, across the league uh, who are well coached are biting a little less on play action and uh, if that's the case then we should see a resurgence in rushing efficiency I would love to see it I mean you would love to see it I but, would. Uh, I mean, I have. I mean, I know. I know everyone. We're supposed to hate running backs. I got Marcus Allen and uh, and Barry Sanders in, in the background here of my of my studio. I love these guys. All right. So let's. So you are now. I guess you you still haven't revealed your eleventh ranking here. So who is eleventh oh, according to Josh Hermsmeyer? Kyler Murray, and this is mainly a take on his elite rushing ability. I think that um, I have massive concerns about his work ethic okay i i, I mean look i think it's ridiculous well, what do you make that, of that well, well let, let's let's get right into it here because can, is there any conceivable scenario 
where if you look at his contract, okay, the, 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 the upfront guarantees are not huge, but they have this rolling guarantee structure where through 2025, every offseason guarantees the next season's contract. So it's really not until 2027 you could really get out of this contract unless they want to take a $65 million cap hit or something like that. The, the, the stuff that's written in his contract stipulates that the guarantees go away. So do you really think they'd be like, up? Oh, you only did um, three hours and 45 minutes on the old uh, study here. So now your, your guarantees are all gone. That just sounds like a lawsuit and not worth going through. Oh, I don't think that the language in the contract is enforceable, right? That's what I really am wondering about, but it's interesting that it's there. And do you, who do you think leaked this? Because I've heard, some people said they think it was his agent who doesn't have a great sense of the the market. He put out this 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 long screed earlier. Didn't go so hot. I don't know who's whether he's advising him to scrub his Instagram and then go back and forth. But I, I really do think it was the agent who put this out as some sort of like commitment thing. He just didn't realize how people were going to react to it. Because if you're the team, what incentive do you have to throw Murray under the bus after just signing up to have this guy be your quarterback through 2027? Well, now I think you're giving Arizona too much credit. I think that team is run like a fraternity and a frat house. And, and I think that I think that like you remember in February, the memo that got leaked saying that he was a finger pointing me, me first guy. Uh, yeah, talking, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was when there were still about... negotiations. Right. But yeah. Yeah. But what I just mean, I think that's probably, you know, a deeply held belief in that building. But yeah. here's the other here's the other thing. So here's why it worries me. When we would watch. Kyler Murray, we would see him go out and he would run around and make these amazing plays. And then we would say, God, Cliff and your scheme, you suck. You know, well, I am, I am completely uncertain now. Like half the time that could have been like Kyler, he just didn't know the look he was looking at. He did. He wasn't doing the right thing. He wasn't making reads and doing progressions. Like, I don't know how much of that is true, but there's certainly reason to be, to be worried now. And, uh, but I still think that his, you know, elite athleticism is going to win out. I, I don't have any concerns, obviously, about his height. I know that was something that people still still make make kind of a little bit of hay about. But I think he's fine. I think he'll be a good NFL passer. Um, I think 11th is mainly based on the the hope that if he was only putting in minimal effort, he might put in more, and what might occur after that. Okay, so he, so Kyler comes in 14th according to the the bloodless verdict of the of the machine. What I will say is, and I, I talked about this when I was talking about his contract on the last episode of the pod, is that I think the numbers undervalue him a little bit when it comes to his efficiency because last season it looked like year over year it didn't move in an EPA per play basis. It didn't it didn't really move at all. Yet in 2020 he had something like 52 expected points added in scrambles and rushes. And last season he had under 10. So he did take a step forward passing the ball, which is really the concern for him because what he can do running the ball, there's like no doubt that he's extremely dynamic doing that, doing that sort of stuff. So I do think he sneakily took a step forward passing, but I will agree with you this whole idea of if I like the quarterback then and the quarterback fails then the coach it's 100 percent on the coach if i don't like the quarterback and they fail then it's because the quarterback stinks that's kind of a way of looking at things where obviously it falls somewhere in between and i, I think it'll be interesting to see him without deandre hopkins at this beginning part because when he didn't have hopkins last year he got a little bit worse but it was also maybe not having that safety blanket he ended up throwing the ball down the field more often and i think that's one of the things he does better than, than anything else and certainly not affected by 
being a shorter quarterback, as we've seen Russell Wilson be one of the most effective guys throwing the long ball down the field. Maybe uh, Hollywood Brown will fit into that. Okay, so next for me, since we already have filled out, this will be my number 13 guy. And again, this is when the, the tomatoes are going to come out on this one because purely according to the numbers, Kirk Cousins comes in comes in here. And I hear, I, I hear you in the comments, okay? I hear you. Shame. I accept your shame. Um, again, I'll just throw my PFF colleagues who are doing the grading under the bus here because – He's his his grading the last three seasons sixth tenth sixth. Um, I guess I'll have to throw actually I have to throw all nerds under the bus because his EPA per play the last three seasons has been seventh tenth and ninth. So also pretty pretty darn good when it comes into there. Now he doesn't have volume, so that holds him down. If he did this with volume, he would be even higher in my rankings right now. So maybe he'll have a chance to show either with volume a little bit more this year who he really is, or he'll have a chance to fall flat on his face this year without having such a dependence on that run heavy scheme. What you say for a ranking for Kirk cousins. I have him at 12. Okay. So, and, and the reason I do is because I think Kurt is the best of this middle bunch that we're about to get into. Yes. Um, he, he's a guy you can, you can win games with. Um, he's not going to win you a Super Bowl in all likelihood. Um, he's probably not going to take you deep into the playoffs and let you get seriously lucky. So I, I, I mean, he's, he is, people hate on him because he can't do the thing they really want, which is win big, win consistently, but he's fine. Like he's a good NFL quarterback. He's from the 12th to the 14th, 15th best NFL quarterback for sure. He's above average. So the, the knock on him is just that he's not great and he's not, but so anyway, that's why I have him 12th. I also like him. I have a soft spot for him because he, you know, he seems like a bright guy and I think he understands football in the way that I understand football. And, and I like to see that uh, uh, in, in, a, in a general on the field. But, yeah. I, mean, uh, I think like the Vikings had things built around him and that when he first came in, you know, after they had that run with Case Keenum, they make it to the divisional round. They get completely stomped by the, the 49ers and then the 49ers, you know, they win and they completely stomped Aaron Rodgers and the, uh, and the Packers the, the next week after that. So I feel like that was good. And then since then, the rest of the team is just kind of decayed around there. They've been trying to hold on to the superstar talent. It hasn't worked. So he's not going to work with that decaying team. If they hit a few picks here, if they hit some free agents, you know, if they get a little more volume passing and he can continue being efficient, maybe they can make some noise this year. Um, but yeah, he's one of those guys where you just can't make mistakes outside of the quarterback position and what you're doing to build the rest of the team. And they have the last couple of years. And before we move, like, uh, in the moment when they were thinking about re-signing Case Keenum or, or going to Kirk Cousins, I uh, I did some work for a guy who was presenting to the uh, the Vikings, and my argument was, don't pay up for Cousins. You have basically, you know, 85 percent of that in Keenum. Um, I, I so it's not that I have this great love for Cousins, but he, I think he's been a little bit better than I thought he would be at that moment. Yeah, yeah, still no, not no, worth I mean, it. He's still been, not I mean, still not worth it. But like you know, for the money that he got for a free agent, and we've seen. We saw what happened with Deshaun Watson, who became a de facto free agent and the type of contract that he got. Yeah, I, I think there's definitely an extra layer of hate because of the money, because of everything else. But, you know, Washington didn't really want him enough. And so he he wasn't like he was, you know, he 
he he had some bold strategic plan to get out of there. In my opinion, it's more like if you really want someone, every every team has been able to, to sign their quarterback if they really want him going forward. And he just really wasn't wanted at that point. Okay, who do you have for number 13? At number 13, I have a guy I love to hate, Derek Carr. Okay. Um, Carr, again, he's just in this mushy middle. He seems like he's a guy who's – you know, like Steve DeBerg, which Steve, uh, Bill Walsh said about Steve DeBerg, he's just good enough to get you beat. And and I and I think like Derek Carr has these on and off again seasons and then people get really excited like he's going to take that next step. Um, I, I don't have much faith in Josh McDaniel, you know, puff pieces and and soft Josh McDaniel uh, uh, aside. I, I don't I don't really have a lot of faith in his system and, and bringing out the best in Derek Carr, I think. McDaniel's a guy who can make the best of Tom Brady um, and Derek Carr is not Tom Brady. So um, I think 13th is a fair, fair ranking for him. Now. Okay. This is another one where it, it is the, the whole thing, the narrative around Carr, who had the biggest jump, I believe in these rankings to go up to 12th. And he's had the biggest jump probably in perception of anyone over the off season. The, the the straight numbers, which go into the, the calculation that I'm basing on, don't buy it uh, because he didn't really have great grading or great expected points added this year. And in fact, again, this is I'm dodging more tomatoes here. Uh, where do I have him on here? Oh, my God. So he's all the way down at 21st. Oh, my rankings. goodness. Wow. The rankings, according to here, I wish I have 20 of twice on here. Um, he's all the way down to 21st. So let me explain. Okay. More again, I, I, I do think it is hilarious though. When people talk about how underrated he is, because that seems to always, you know, my whole underrated overrated thing, like the most underrated guy is always the one people are arguing against like a year ago, what people thought about someone. Um, I mean, his perception is going up more than anything else. So I'll give you his, his last year, his grade was 13th and his expected point added was 19th. You know, he, and then and he had 14th in QBR. So split the middle. Yeah. yeah so split, split the middle. Uh, 2020, ninth and 15th, 2019, 11th and 8th, 2018, 19th and 27th, 2017, 19th and 17th. So he's had two, he's had one year of top 10 grading, one year of top 10 efficiency. And there's just a lot of names that have arrived into the NFL now who weren't around a few seasons ago. I mean, if you think about 2017 till today, we have Mahomes, we have Deshaun Watson, we have Jackson and Allen. We have um, Tannehill now coming out of nowhere to be decent. Dak Prescott making a resurgence these last couple of years. Kirk Cousins playing pretty well. Kyler Murray coming into the league. Herbert Burrow resurgence for Aaron Rodgers. Like all these things have happened, which is just kind of put him down versus some other guys that have a little bit more upside according to the pure numbers for me. So I know this is the biggest difference of my rankings versus the executive rankings. I would have him a few spots higher, but I get him being lower here versus some other names because I think there's a little bit more hype than results for what he actually did last season when the defense played well and he made the playoffs because of that. And it could be ugly this year. I mean, we'll see. They, they have Devontae Adams. They still have a good core there, but that it's, it's going to be, it's going to be rough going, I believe for them in that division this year. Yep. Yep. No arguments there. So, so who you got next? Actually, I actually, I, I should pick uh, here because you were choosing car here. So then for my 15th selection here, um, Oh, this is an interesting one. So the Mac Jones comes in 
as being 15th here. And I think what's interesting about Mac Jones is, again, if you go strictly by the numbers, he got the, he got some decent love in this executive poll. And then he was 11th in his grading last year and he was 15th in his efficiency passing the ball. Um, pretty good, right? For a rookie also. I, and I give a discount for that on a rookie. So he's going to be substantially separated from the rest of the rookies. And it is interesting that he's not that much lower. He's 18th here on this executive poll. And he is also separated from the rest of the rookies. But it might be a little bit aggressive to have him there. I think just one year of good performance. The model may overweight that, but we've typically seen, as I mentioned before, guys who are good as rookies end up being good in their entire careers. You don't see it go the other way that often outside of maybe an RG3 type of situation. And even Baker Mayfield, who looked pretty good as a rookie, was worse according to efficiency metrics than Mac Jones was last season. Uh, agree 100%. I have him 14th. All right. And, and so that is a lot to do with the numbers, but Again, I, I guess I also I also like the vibes on him too. Like he, he's in a good situation with a good coach who knows how to make the most of his QB play. Um, although they don't have an offensive or defensive coordinator this year, which is super weird. Um, I guess he just doesn't want to give out titles and have his guys get posted again. Joe Judge, Joe, Joe Judge, maybe. <laughs> nobody knows who it is. It's like Patricia Judge, some random dude. They're just going to have come out of the stands every week. I, I, I'm interested to see this experiment. It really, this is taking coaches don't matter to the next level. So I appreciate Belichick <laughs> for innovating here. Yeah, it's hilarious. But I also like that everyone hated on him, right? And so he actually put into a season that is is worthy of a little bit of a claim. And um, and since we're talking about Looking ahead just one more year, I think Mac Jones has a, a solid year ahead of him. All right. Who you got now for your 15th? All right. After Mac Jones, I have Jalen Hurts. Now, this, again, is my kind of bias towards rushing quarterbacks. It's my bias um, towards, I don't know, efficiency in an offense that uh, where you have the threat of the run at the quarterback position. Uh, then opening up things for his his passing. And so I think this might be the year that he takes a step forward. I know uh, folks I respect in the analytics community that worked for the Raven or worked for the Eagles that uh, that drafted Hertz are really still high on him. Uh, so that's probably all in there too. That's why I have him much higher than uh, the consensus executives. Um, but anyway, I, I think it speaks for itself. I think Jalen has some upside. No, no, I, I agree. You know, I was kind of definitely on the Hertz train last year talking about him and his potential to be the starting guy um he was 14th in grading and 13th in epa per play so he was pretty good he falls a little bit in my numbers because of the fact that he didn't have a lot of volume going there and there just are some other names who end up having a little bit more career history that fall in there so i would have him higher than where my model has him ranks but my model has him ranked pretty similarly to what his perception is here because rather than being 21st he is 19th he's a little bit higher here I personally would have him even higher than that but just needs more reps basically needs a needs a few more reps than what he's had in basic in half a season and then a low volume second season all right so for 16th here um a kind of a high ranking you might assume that the athletic had for Jimmy Garoppolo, but I actually have the same exact ranking for Garoppolo. So we're going to have the first non-starter who is now 16th, according to the rankings. And I wish I could blame PFF for this, but I really can't because Garoppolo has the largest separation between his 
grade, his expected grades going forward and his expected EPA going forward. And that EPA, I admit that could fall off a cliff when he's at, when he's now no longer in San Francisco, but he does have a little bit of successful history playing in uh, New England when he did play there, but his grading is, let me get the numbers here. Cause it's pretty insane. So his grading expectation is the 27th ranked, but his expected points added expectation is seventh. So those two come together to make him 16th. I think it's the grading is probably a little too low. The, the expected points added is definitely too high. So this is probably a few slots higher than what he is, but I think it's possible. He's a league average type of quarterback, even when you set him into a new stand, uh, a new setting. Yep. Yep. And speaking of league average quarterbacks, I have uh, Baker make Baker Mayfield in at 16th. I think that uh, there's a lot of hate on him this last year. He was playing hurt, playing dinged up. He wasn't getting a lot of support. The, 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 organization was falling apart around him a little bit with Odell wanting to leave and his Odell's dad wanting Odell to leave. And, and uh, he's got a whole, whole new situation now. Uh, it's probably, I don't know if it, and I have a pretty dim view of Cleveland sometimes, but it's definitely a worse organization. All right. So he's gone, he's gone from bad to worse in terms of organizations. Um, but I, I think in terms of raw talent, I think he's a, a, a league average quarterback and I think people hate on him too much. Yeah, no, no, I would agree with that. He comes in 20th according to the rankings here. And he is graded. He's kind of the flip side of Jimmy Garoppolo. He's graded a lot better than what his efficiency has been, what that means in Carolina. We'll see. Um, I'm not sold on the Matt Rule slash uh, Ben McAdoo uh, system that they're going to have going on there. But if he gets that starting job, I do think they have interesting pieces there and a much upgraded offensive line, which, which can help them there. So I think that will be, that will be interesting. Okay. So for number 17 in the rankings here for me, um, interesting that you haven't had him yet because he's much higher ranked on the executives as Matt Ryan ends up coming in at 17 his numbers fell off quite a bit the last couple of seasons being in the teens mid to late teens in his efficiency but he still has enough collection of high-end play to rank here not ranking 14th ahead of some of these other guys like the the executives had for ryan it'll be interesting to see what he can do this season but he does come in at 17th right in this in this kind of sticky middle section i have ryan down at 20th so, uh, but at 17, I have Jimmy Garoppolo. So we've already discussed him and, uh, and then okay, so you're pretty close on Garoppolo then. Yeah. Yeah. I think Jimmy's fine. I was surprised because yeah. you're okay. You're a 49ers fan. I remember when I went on to a podcast this off season, sometimes you don't have a great idea of what's going on in different fan bases. And maybe this isn't representative of everyone. When I started talking about Jimmy Garoppolo, it was just like, like grown. It was beyond grown. People were just, just completely done with him i mean he's he's going to be gone he's, he's done he's going to be gone but i was surprised just how like guttural this feeling was that was coming out and this groan that was coming out with even his name do you sense that as someone who's been a 49ers fan yeah i'm no longer but definitely among my friends who are are diehard niner fans they they are done with they're done with jimmy the problem is is i think they're putting all the hope of what jimmy was able to accomplish within shanahan's system plus on a complete unknown, like at least in terms of his arm in, in Trey Lance. Uh, I, I don't know. I would have any confidence in what the Niners passing game is going to be this year. And, and, and that's fine. The thing I can say with a little bit of confidence though, is that 
Jimmy was far more effective on third down. And now, granted, he got the easier third down situations than Lance. Lance is, was almost two yards, uh, on average, two yards more to the to the sticks when he was put in. And he had uh, rushing situations on third down. But Jimmy was amazing. Like, he was 11 for 15 and converting. Like he, And not all of them were sneaks. Like, he, he, some of them were scrambles. Some of them uh, were designed design runs uh, uh, of three yards. So I think he was, I think he was, uh, he's an underrated quarterback by the 49ers fans. And I think that they're going to be, I think it's likely they're going to be disappointed in what they're going to get in return with Lance. Okay. Fire. I have Lance. Well, you, you can, you can trash on, on, you can trash Lance later for as, as part of your rankings here. Why not? So, so you were just restating what I had already done with Garoppolo here. So you already have your number 18. Who is number 19 for you in the rankings? Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones. So this, oh, it, Daniel it, Jones. Yeah, that's going to be different. We're we're going to yeah. be we're going to be very different there. Go ahead, give it to me the the case on Daniel Jones because as I mentioned, the quarterbacks who have turned it around after three bad, I mean, legitimately bad seasons, um, is few and far between. So so give me give me the faith. Is this a, is this a is this betting on Brian Dable and what he's going to do there? It's a little bit of Dable. It's a little bit of just hope. Like I, I just I, I think Daniel Jones is of the type to 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 make the late careers uh, resurgence or the late you like uh, first, you like the cut of his contract gym? yeah basically I, I think he's he's got the he's got a nice jaw um, yeah no I don't know I, I think I think that they have a, a pretty solid receiving core around him if they can stay healthy um, I think that Brian Dable knows how to smash a lot of easy buttons I think this is more like a perception play I think at the end of this season. Daniel Jones could be thought of as not one of the worst in the league, but as some guy who maybe belongs in, in, in the average quarterback uh, discussion. Wow. So you're getting uh, <laughs> quite an endorsement there. Maybe not the worst in the league. That's I'm, 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 I'm ranking him 19th. What do you want from me? <laughs> okay. No, no, your ranking was much a stronger endorsement than the follow-up and, and the words here. So according to, again, the bloodless model here, not so hot for Daniel Jones. He comes in, uh, 32nd <laughs> because we just don't have any any history of good play here uh his grading i mean his grading is actually okay but he's he's never been higher than 22nd in his efficiency he was 29th two different seasons and then his grading has been 18th 17th 23rd so not awful but just these rookies and others uh are given some hope and they have jumped above him in the rankings along with a couple of guys who have come back back into the fold where their numbers don't look that bad. Their pure numbers don't look that bad. And one of them who comes in number 18 in my rankings. And again, this is going to be a little bit, a little fire here. And that's Jameis Winston comes in at number, uh, number 18. He had pretty good numbers last year when he finally got a chance to play now, low volume. Don't get me wrong. Everything else. He had a good offensive line, but he didn't really have, I would say great receiving play last year. But if you look at what he what he did numbers wise, he was one of the top guys as far as his efficiency before he ended up going down. And his numbers in in uh, Tampa were bad from an interception perspective, but he also converted a ton of first down. So I know the team made this huge jump when they went over to Brady, but offensively, overall outside of the running game, which was bad with Winston there. The passing game actually wasn't that bad when he was there. So he ends up being a little bit higher than some of these other names. And I'm, I'm kind of high on him to see what he can do this year with Michael Thomas there, with Chris Olave coming in. Uh, I know that Sean Payton won't be there anymore, but I think he has a sneaky chance to make a jump and be a real 
like resurgence for Winston in this offense. Yeah, no argument there. I, I, I think I'm much more bullish on Winston than most. Uh, uh, he, you know, he's got to show that he's come back complete uh, from, from his rehab. And it seems like he has, he's had a long time, right? Cause I think he was injured the middle of last season. So he had all, yeah. all, all, all the rest of the season plus this off season. So I, plus I think quarterbacks, he, quarterbacks is a little bit easier, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. But I, his weird workouts always scare me. Like, what is he, what is he doing? <laughs> he has lost weight. I mean, he does look different. Obviously, obviously he had a little bit of a eating slash drinking problem before, or a problem may be a strong word, but whatever he liked to indulge. It seemed like a bit in the past, and he, I mean, he, he ever the last couple of years, he is definitely like a way skinnier dude than he was early in his career and when he played at Florida State. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. All right. All so right. who we got for twenty one here? At twenty one, I have a Florida quarterback, uh, but probably not the one that most people would put here. I have Tua. Um, so I, I, I think. Look, it's it's really hard to disentangle because I can't talk about Tua without talking about Lawrence. So. It's really hard to disentangle what was what was Lawrence and what was just a terrible, terrible, one of the worst teams we've ever seen in the NFL last year. But I think if all I'm if all I'm asked to do is say, which do I think is more likely to have a better season? I think I'm much more confident that Tua has the situation, the surrounding talent, the scheme to get it done. Then I can say that about Lawrence. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm in alignment with the, with the athletic rankers here with two at 26. The issue is just his grading has been in the twenties both year. He did have eight, he was 18th in his efficiency and I get a poor offensive line, everything else. They were just dinking and dunking though a lot and then stretching it out. He'll have Tariq Hill. He'll have some other things going on this year. I guess I just don't necessarily see the path for him to get to that sort of elite play where even for Josh Allen, who was pretty bad. Elite, first couple elite of years. play. I have him ranked 21st. No, no, no. no, no I'm not saying for you. I'm not saying for you. Sorry, sorry. Okay, it's not right, a critique right. on your on your ranking. It's more just like how I would think about him versus some of these other quarterbacks. So, no, well, I mean, I'll just say. So then at 22 for me is the, the guy you're you're not so high on here, and that is Trey Lance. So maybe I'll explain first why – I have him above Lawrence or Fields or anyone else. For me and for the numbers here, while it may be discouraging that he did not play, I don't think Garoppolo was that bad, right? They had a team. They made it all the way to the – was it the conference championship or the divisional round? I guess they made it to, to, to the conference championship. And then I think there's just like the, the, the analogy with Alex Smith. I said it before the season even started. Some people thought it was ridiculous. They thought Garoppolo was going to be cut before the season started. But I said, like, we could have an Alex Smith type of situation here with Garoppolo where as long as you play well enough, that is the biggest factor for teams once the season starts, whether or not a rookie gets in a lot of the time. It's a bad sign if you don't get in and you don't play versus a Mike Glennon or someone like that. It's not necessarily a bad sign if you don't play when your team is winning and winning games. I mean, Patrick Mahomes did not play. He only played week 17 of his rookie year when they were resting because they already had their spot labeled up. So I don't want to read too much, and there's just so much noise coming out of San Francisco. I have no idea what anyone's thinking out there, but we have so much noise in different ways that maybe I'm going to fade a lot of the negative noise that we had about Lance. And I will take the number three overall pick who barely played, didn't look good when he played, but barely played versus the number one pick or the number two pick or the number 10 pick who played and looked bad. 
Yeah, I, I like that. I like that. But I also don't understand why if you're the 49ers and you knew the future was Trey Lance, why you didn't find out exactly what you had. And and the I, I mean, everyone I everyone I talk to that I respect in the film community who, who I, I ask, you know, what, what do you think of his arm? What is there enough for you to come to any kind of opinion? And they're like, ah, no, not really. He had a good game against Houston, whatever. And and, and so I, I think unless they know from camp and from practice that he's going to be fine as a passer, I, I would have just dumped him in more. And, and, and I understand they were making a run. They were a good team. And uh, they probably were a little gun shy about throwing in a rookie. But at the same time, now you're moving on. Now you're probably not going to be a good team. And you still don't know what your quarterback is going to uh, is going to be because of that. So for those reasons, I don't have Lance ranked in my top 25. I only went 25 deep. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, I'll, that's, you know, I, I, I can I can give that to you. Okay. So let's talk who you do have then at 22. So at 22, I have uh, Trevor Lawrence. So I had them t- bunched up together. Now, Trevor Lawrence obviously has much higher upside. And he was a 101, which is interesting because you were pointing to the fact that Trey Lance was the third overall. Well, we have the first overall pick sitting here. Um, and he did have a full season. And yeah, he played bad, but there's lots of context you can throw into this to kind of explain some of that away. And there are a lot of people that do that. Um, and so I think that Trevor Lawrence of this group 20 and below has the best chance to be in top 10 and above at some point in his career. Yeah, I know. I would agree. He comes in again, but the numbers were not great, but he gets a discount for his rookie season. So I had him next at 23rd. So you mentioned you ranked through 25. So let's go through 25 here. So then next for me, this is also going to be pretty, this is, you know, the, the numbers do what the numbers do sometimes. And this is another guy where, he maybe wasn't as bad in Tennessee as some people think. And Mariota shows up here. Now he doesn't have any meaningful history other than a pretty good game last season where he ended up starting, but he was again in this Winston sort of mold of did not flame out when he played in Tennessee. He had that poor last season, but until that point, he was pretty average-ish, maybe a little bit better than average some seasons. So I'm interested to see what he can see, what he can do in Atlanta. I, I think it's just, there's more certainty, I think, for him than there than there is for, you know, the Sam Darnolds and Mitchell Trubisky's and for me, Daniel Jones is of the world. I think there is a little bit, like at least some play that we've seen from him at that sort of level. So that's why I'm putting him there. But of course, he could be gone by by week two. <laughs> we never see from him again. Uh, but league average is something, again, I think can happen with Mariota. All right. All right. So 23, I have Jameis. And okay. we've, we've already discussed him. So uh, And 24, I have Justin Fields. So a guy I was uh, really high on coming into the season who absolutely filled the diaper. And again, it's another one of those disaster situations, except the disaster continues in the Windy City. And there's really no hope on the horizon. Um, I, I, I guess this is just me saying there was a lot to like in his prospect profile and maybe he can fight his way to being, you know, somewhat relevant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would have him higher if I was predicting kind of what's the upside, everything else that goes in here. But again, according to the numbers for how he's going to play next season, he ends up being down 
at 28 just because it was such a rough season. But I mean, I'll just I'll just go through it for people. So because I know we're not going to necessarily go through every single quarterback here. But even for Zach Wilson, I mean, he ends up down at 30 with um, with Davis Mills in between the two of them. They're kind of all bunched up in that area for me. So they just had a rough time Had a rough time, the rookie season, which ends up hurting the projection a lot there. Okay. So for 25 for me, um, Ooh, this is a, no one's going to get excited about this one, but it's, it's actually quite a bit lower than what the rankings here. Carson Wentz ends up coming in at 25. I can't really get excited about him, but what do you think about in an off season where they're going to be paying Wentz $20 million a year? He fetches a couple of mid round picks and yet Garoppolo and Baker Mayfield are still searching, searching for work. Yeah, it's it's kind of bizarre, and uh, I, I honestly, I, I, I didn't, I don't think I even, if I had a continued ranking, he wouldn't have been in my top thirty. So, um, yeah, I, I just Carson, top forty. How how high would have to go before, before we can get to him? I think he's a solid backup quarterback. Solid, not great. Uh, so yeah, Carson Wentz, not not the answer to anyone's question, in my opinion. And twenty fifth, I have, uh, uh, who do I have? I have Zach Wilson. So Zach Wilson. Obviously, you know, a high, high draft pick and uh, hasn't shown much. He went into a relatively good situation. Well, at least people thought he was going to be uh, in a good situation. And I know guys at PFF that I that I love, like Eric Eager. He loved uh, Zach Wilson's prospect profile, had him projected to be a, a pretty solid starter in the league uh, pretty quickly. And um, I guess I put him here, which is quite a bit higher than, well, not quite a bit higher, three or four slots higher than uh, – uh, than consensus of the league executives, just pretty much based on Eric's hope. Uh, like I said, vibes, like maybe there's something in his game. Uh, maybe, maybe his, uh, uh, <laughs> actually, I'm not even going to go there. He's had a wild off season. Hopefully he can focus and, uh, and he'll be able to put together some, uh, some interesting play on the field. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His off the field play. Yeah. You're referring to, um, that's okay. You have to. Okay. I just gonna say he, maybe he'll it. maybe he will mature. I was gonna go yeah, there. Maybe <laughs> mature through osmosis. Is that what you're saying? Maturity through osmosis, perhaps. Well, yeah. But yeah. we'll be going on there with him. Okay. So yeah, I mean Wilson. God, I mean, I, I would want to be higher on him. I guess things can be kind of like binary, like it clicks in at a certain point. But when you watched him play, man, it was rough. Like he really took a beat two, maybe even three beats longer than he needed to. And when uh, Flacco got in there, um, you know, it just seemed so much different. The offense just seemed a lot different by being able to make just really easy decisions quickly, which he was not able to do. So I'll go ahead and fill out the rest of what I had for the rankings here. So Goff comes in for me at 27 and then we already have Fields and Mills and Wilson here at 31. I had Mitchell Trubisky where, I mean, who knows, but I guess he, he has fewer reps than Daniel Jones. So I guess in that way, I'm not sure I actually believe it could be better than Daniel Jones, but there's some hope in the numbers that there's more uncertainty with him. And believe it or not, he actually was pretty efficient in the 2018 season, although that ended up being, uh, you know, quickly, quickly going away. And then after Jones, it goes Geno Smith next. So he's last here, according to the athletic. He's here, Drew Locke, whoops, uh, Drew Locke here. And then Sam Darnold, Stone last with four straight years of awful performance that even would make Daniel Jones blush how bad his performance has been there. So where I'm hoping, if he wins the job, 
I, I'd just be shocked. Like, I don't understand how you can do that under any circumstances if you're a Carolina and you're Matt Rule and you have any interest in being a head coach in the National Football League beyond halfway through this season. I don't know how you could ever give him the starting job. I think it's wild that you have him behind Geno Smith. That's that's insane. Geno, Geno can move, man. Yeah, do you see him last year? <laughs> he, he he can move. We'll see that Geno DK uh, connection this year. Um, again, I mean, we're talking about the difference between thirty third and thirty fifth, but he's just he's just got more badness that's happened in recent time there, um, and that's how it ends up working out. All right, Josh, we 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 did it. We said it all. We did it all. Um, Got anything you want to plug here? I know that you have. Do you have? Are you announcing anything via the the thing or not? Oh, I already did it. Oh, you already announced Twitter. it, right? Yeah, I already did it on the Twitter. So yeah, no, I'm I'm really excited. I'll be bringing uh, the Bilo model to PFF this year, um, and uh, I'm excited to work with you guys. Uh, get get a look behind the scenes. Get to get to know the entire staff a little bit, and uh, and then get my hands on all that data and really kind of back test things. Hopefully, make the model a little bit better. Tune it up. And uh, so I'm excited to see how that's going to go this year at PFF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be that'll be great. Um, maybe a few more appearances on here where I can get some taste, get some fire out there. Otherwise, follow Josh on Twitter at Frisco Josh and enjoy enjoy the the highlights, the clips, the training camp news. Everyone, uh, come back at you on Monday to digest some of this. But until then, thanks everyone for tuning in, and I'll be talking at you then. Thanks.